0: So here we are, Northridge Life Church. You may not know this, but next month we are going to be a two-year-old church. I can't hardly believe that. I can't believe that that, that day that we began here in this building was two years ago. And um, over the past two years of our existence, I've shared over and over again, along with Pastor Dave and others, we've shared our insistence as elders this insistence we have to take our church in an ever increasingly biblical direction—that should seem like an obvious goal for any church to to be a fellowship of people that represents the 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 directions of the Bible clearly. Um, but it's necessary for us to be very very intentional about that. Why? Because I don't want to shock anybody. But this church, our church, like every other church in Lubbock, in Texas, in America, and in the world, is filled with and governed by people who are victims of their own sin natures. You okay with that? We're all sinners, right? We all are flawed. There's nobody perfect. And because of this, what we do, instead of just saying, okay, this is kind of the direction of the Bible as far as how the church is to be set up and orchestrated. What we do, uh, even though our intentions are the best, we, we swim against the current of our own kind of pragmatic thinking we, we kind of have an ends justify the means mentality sometimes when it comes to the church and how it's organized. And we tend to introduce, I've seen this in every church I've ever been a part of, just inadvertently we tend to introduce worldly systems and goals into the life of the church that may seem pragmatically better but don't meet the standard of the Bible, uh, that the Bible lays out for churches. Our only weapons if we're going to do this, if we're going to continue to be a church that is, that is constructed as the Holy Spirit ha- has been the architect and laid down the blueprints for us, if we're gonna be that kind of church, our only weapons in the fight to be that kind of God-pleasing fellowship are three. They're the Word of God, which is clear, the leading of the Holy Spirit, and the wisdom that God has granted to this body of believers. Did you know that there's wisdom, there's just this well of wisdom in this body that God's granted and he wants us to tap into as far as what he wants us to do next? Did you know that? It's true. And so um, when we gather to worship and share life together in this place, there's a wisdom that comes that, that is available, and sometimes we take advantage of it, and sadly, sometimes we don't. And the challenges that we face as a body in this regard are not new. This is not, we are not the first church that's ever stumbled on these kind of problems. In fact, these kind of problems have been a part of the church since its very beginning, way back on the day of Pentecost. For example, when the church began back in the first century, every believer in the church was Jewish, every single one of them. There was no Gentile believers within the church. But something amazing happened in Acts chapter 10. In Acts chapter 10, you can read the story for yourself. God opens up the door, the the, the floodgates of salvation to the Gentile world. Now, if you are not an Orthodox Jew this morning, that should make you very, very happy. Because you are now included in the number. That's good news, folks. Good news. So God opened up the door to salvation. He literally pours out his spirit on the Gentiles, just like he did on the Jews. But this, believe it or not, as glorious as that sounds to you and I now, 20, uh, 20 centuries later, it is it, 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 as, as glorious as that sounds, it created problems from the very, very onset. See, the leaders didn't know how new Gentile Believers would fit into this organism, this body of Christ, that up to that point had been only exclusively Jewish. Would would they have to adhere to Jewish laws, to Jewish traditions? Would they have to be circumcised? Would they have to worship at the temple? Would they have to keep the festivals and and the purification ordinances of the Jewish people? So in Acts 15... The apostles, the leaders of the church, they gather in Jerusalem to seek the the Spirit's wisdom. Now, if you read that chapter, chapter 15, the first thing they did was consult the Word of God. And that's telling. They they looked at the Scriptures, and they they said, what did the Scriptures say about these Gentiles? And then they consulted the Spirit. And they 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 did this together. They did it in the body, and together they they drafted this letter to all the Gentile believers that that the people who were proclaiming the gospel, Paul and Barnabas and others, were coming in contact with, and and, and told them what the gospel required of them. Now, I want you. To, I'm going to read you the whole couple of verses here of, of their response, but I want you to pay particular attention to to, to verse 28. And how he says that the writer of this letter says that they came to their conclusion. Watch this. For it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Now they've already consulted the word. What have they done there? They've sought the Spirit's counsel and they sought the wisdom that was already resident within the body of Christ. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements. You abstain from what's been sacrificed to idols, from blood, from what's been strangled, from sexual immorality, and keep yourselves. if you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. Farewell. As I said, they've consulted the word through the leading of the Holy Spirit, the leadership being in one accord, they made a decision about this Gentile problem. And thank God they did, because now none of us consider any of those issues. We just come and put our faith in Jesus because the, the gospel has been made known to us. So this is a good snapshot of what myself, the other elders, have tried to do over the last two years. And those changes have been real, and they've been significant. For example, over the last two years, you've seen us go from a CEO, managerial, professionalism kind of model of eldership that is rampant in the church today to a more biblical, pastoral model of eldership. You've seen us introduce formalized membership. We call it covenant partnership around here. And this allows you, as the body, to declare your willingness to take ownership of this church. It allows you to say, hey, I am wanting to be pastored. I don't want to just be a spectator. I want to be pastored and I want to be held accountable. It's even led to us having membership or covenant partnership meetings where you've been given the chance to speak wisdom, the wisdom of the body of Christ, into the vital issues facing our church. And this all of these developments have been a great, really a strengthening thing for our church to to make us a more mature group of believers. But I got good news we're not done. There's more to come. See, over a year ago, the exact date was December 2nd, 2018. For the first time, I cast a vision from this pulpit for a deacon ministry here at Northridge Life Church. You see, in the 20-year history of the congregation, now for those of you who don't know our history, we've been in this building for, for uh, two years, we existed in another place for 18 years, been in the 20-year history of this church. For whatever reason, we never had deacons. It was never something that we prioritized. And that is something that the elders and I had come to the conviction that we needed to address and correct. So we set out. We didn't rush into this. You guys know I said it. It's been over a year ago since I even first mentioned it. So we set out to determine what a biblical deacon was. That's really important. Because there are a a lot of models of deacon ministry that are working in the larger body of Christ today that are not biblical. I'm not saying that as a judgment, there's just one of those things. They're growing just like we're growing. But so we want to know what the Bible says about what a biblical deacon looked like. So we consulted the scripture, we collected uh, wisdom from people that we knew, guys like Tom Hall. We uh, read good books, read good articles, but mostly what we did is we prayed for the Spirit to guide us in this endeavor, to launch this whole new ministry at Northridge Life Church. And all of this led to us having a deeper understanding of what a biblical deacon was. And this was important, as I said, since many of us, many of you grew up in churches where the people that were functioning as elders in the church were called deacons. And the people that were functioning as deacons were sometimes called elders. So we discovered that a deacon, if I was going to give you a very simple uh, description, this is exactly the one I used a, a year ago, we're going to uh, uh, give you the definition of what a deacon was. It's a servant-hearted person who loves Christ, who is full of the Spirit, and who does whatever is necessary to allow the elders to accomplish their God-given calling of shepherding and teaching the church. Now, I'm not taking time to do this this morning. I did it in that previous message. But if you really want to see a a, a great picture of what deacon ministry looks like, how it's defined, read Acts chapter 6 in your Bible. It's crystal clear there what what the difference is between elders and deacons and, and how that functions. I won't do that today, but you can do that on your own. One of the things that's encouraging is that deacons can be men or women who model servanthood to others in the church, who demonstrate what it looks like to serve selflessly in the church. And unlike the elders who are given primarily, according to that Acts chapter 6 passage, to prayer and to the word, they should be able, deacons should be able to oversee different areas of practical administration within the church's life and to lead others in doing the same thing. Now, these areas can be anything. It's, it's not defined by what we say. It's defined by the gifts that are within the body. So it can be anything. It can be ministries of hospitality or benevolence. It can be the care of our facilities. It can be various missional outreaches or financial oversight of the church and a thousand other different things. But understand that the role of a deacon is not just a job where we say, and I'll get more into this in a minute, where we say, well, so-and-so is good at such-and-such, so we'll make him a deacon. No, 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 no. This is a role of great honor in the body of Christ. And it is not, Paul makes it clear from our text today, that it is not to be granted lightly. And it's not to be carried by those to whom it is granted flippantly. Our text today shows that absolutely crystal clear. Paul says a deacon must be dignified. He says that they don't bring honor, or dishonor rather, on the church. And that that he or she must not be hypocritical, they must not be undisciplined, they must not be greedy, taking advantage of the church for their own benefit. He also says that, I love this phrase, that they must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. Simply put, Paul is saying that a deacon must be stone cold, serious, and personally convinced of the truth of the gospel. He goes on to say that these men and women must be tested in all of these requirements. We don't just go on a hunch. We don't go on a gut feeling, we go on a on a, uh, a, a, a an examination, a vetting of those men and women who will fill in that role. They must demonstrate two things calling and competency. And, and they, they, they do that. They demonstrate the calling. They demonstrate the competency to fulfill the role of a deacon. So here's what I want you to know about deacons going forward, wherever this takes us in our history. That character, character as opposed to talent and gifting, character is the main consideration. Paul even lays out, High qualifications. I hope you noticed this when Caleb read the text. But Paul even lays out high qualifications for the wives of deacons. Isn't that interesting? That they be dignified as well. That they can't be gossips and slanderers. That they be serious minded. And I love this phrase, that they be faithful in all things. These instructions for wives tells us that no deacon serves alone. That it is a it is a joint ministry, and I would also uh, I would also go on to say that that this is pretty good evidence. I got more into this in the last message, but that the women are biblically qualified for the service of a deacon. Deacons are to be faithful husbands and good fathers. Those who can't rule their home, Paul says, are disqualified from ruling any area of the church. Not because you know their sins are greater than someone else's. Paul just has a very Keen sense of priority, take care of your house first, then worry about the house of God. So it's interesting to note that the qualifications, I've always thought this fascinating, the qualifications for deacons that Paul gives is almost almost exactly identical to the qualifications he gives for elders a few verses earlier. Uh, The only notable exception in this passage is that deacons are not generally required to be able to teach the body of Christ. So we knew, as we're looking at all this, me and Daryl and Dave and, and now Paul, when we're looking at all this, we knew that anyone that we asked to serve in this capacity had a lot of stringent requirements to meet. And we weren't going to be careless in who we asked. We began to consider members of our congregation who would be biblically qualified. And I'm happy to say that there are, and there still are, several of you that we think would be great deacons. But because of this... In order to kind of clarify it and give direction to it, we decided to begin by prayerfully selecting someone who, to serve as a kind of a lead deacon to give guidance to this burgeoning new ministry at Northridge Life Church. And so after our second covenant partner meeting that we had, you know, we've had two, uh, three of these now after our second one, God laid it on our hearts as elders unanimously to approach just in time about serving in this capacity. And I per Yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> I personally have known Justin uh I've known him probably a little bit longer but I've known him well for about 8 years and Pastor David's known him certainly a lot longer than I have. And we approached Justin about this role a few months ago. This was not a sudden turn on a dime type of thing. We approached him a few months ago and uh, Justin took the the request from us very, very, very seriously. I was hoping, I sat down with him right there about where Jimbo's sitting one Sunday morning I said, hey, we'd like for you to consider this. And I thought he'd say, sure, whatever you need. That's not what he did. He prayed. Can you imagine? He prayed and he talked to his wife and he prayed some more and he asked some questions and they went back and prayed some more. And I I can't remember what the time frame was, but that really touched me, the seriousness with which he took this. I love that. And so after a lot of prayerful consideration, after several additional questions, Justin felt God's leading to call us and say yes to this position. Justin, for those of you who don't know, is currently a major in the United States Army. He serves there in an administrative role that I already think has, uh, has helped him even now um, to bring great insight into the decisions that we have to make on a daily basis around here. He's, we had a meeting the other night, gave us some great input and even followed up on that, gave us some great stuff. But like the Apostle Paul, even though that on the basic level of of Justin's vocation, we would say, man, that, that guy is incredibly qualified. Like the Apostle Paul, our main concern was that Justin have the character that is required in our passage today. So I want to um, put Justin on the spot and with you today take a look at how he stands up, how he stacks up on the character issue. Paul begins by saying deacons likewise must be dignified. The Greek word that's used there for dignified means august, it means venerable, it means reverend, It means to be venerated for character or to be honorable. And I don't think there's anybody who knows Justin who would disagree with me that I have found Justin to be a man who is very serious about the gospel and incredibly serious about the ministry of Northridge Life Church. As he has served in this congregation as a youth minister, currently serves as a small group leader and probably a thousand other things I'm not thinking of, helps with our children's ministry, Of all kinds of other support roles, he's always done so in a way that's brought honor to Christ's name and never shame. And that's great. This doesn't mean, I want you to know, those of you who don't know Justin well, this doesn't mean that Justin is stuffy, because Justin is anything but stuffy. I was trying to think of how to say this to you, and I would say that Justin exhibits a healthy and almost mischievous sense of humor. So, hope you get to experience that soon. Paul goes on, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dishonest gain. And I want to tell you that Justin, in my eight years of experience, has always been an encourager. And With his words and with his actions, he exhibits the character of a disciplined man. And I have seen as him and Landy have responded to situation after situation with an incredibly generous heart. He goes on to say, as I mentioned earlier, they must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. Justin is someone whose life has been transformed by the gospel. You don't believe it, just ask him. He can clearly tell you, communicating what the grace of Jesus means to him. The truth of Jesus guides and defines every aspect of both his public and his private life. And then he says, and let them be tested first, and then let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. Justin has served, as I said, many roles in our church over the years. He's often been brought in. I can't tell you, they they probably get nervous every time I call because Justin and Landy are always brought in when we're in a pinch and we need help quick. When we need quick, quality help, we call Justin and Landy. And And he and Landy, have always risen to the occasion. They've been prayerful. They tell us all the time how they're praying for us. They'll send us cards and letters letting us know that. They're devoted to Jesus Christ, and they are extremely loyal to our church. They've performed every duty they've ever been asked to do with the highest level of excellence. But that's only half the story. The Bible says their wives, likewise, must be dignified, not slanderers but sober-minded, faithful in all things. Of all these attributes, every single one of them perfectly describe Landy Kime. She shares her husband's dignity. She shares her husband's love of Jesus. She's known around this place for building other people up and never tearing people down. She has a serious approach to real problems, and she has... A, what I can only describe as a Proverbs 31 faithfulness. She's a real blessing. Ginger and I, I'm always grateful for Landy's warmth, her strength, her encouragement, her wisdom, and I know many, many of you feel the same way. So, Landy will certainly be a vital asset to Justin's ministry, and she's going to distinguish herself with a continued and fruitful ministry in her own right. So the Bible goes on, let deacons each be the husband of one wife, managing their children and their own households well. I want you to know after an exhaustive investigation by the elder team, Justin only has one wife. We made sure. (laughs) Landy, you can rest easy. There's no one out there. (laughs) But in all seriousness, you can tell a lot about the kind of of husband a man is by looking at his wife. You know that's true? That's true. If Landy's character is any indication, Justin is a phenomenal husband. Amen, Landy? That wasn't nearly loud enough. If you were Ginger, my heart would be broken right now. Just kidding. And man, I don't know what to say about Justin's abilities and his, his astuteness as a father. He always shows, just watch him with his kids, he shows wonderful patience, wonderful tenderness as he fathers Simon and Harper as well. And if he manages his home, if the way he manages his home, rather, tells us anything, then I think we're going to be in good hands with Justin at the helm of this deacon ministry. So don't forget, this is really important for you to remember, don't forget that Justin is only the first of what we hope will be many qualified biblical deacons that help the body of Northwoods Life Church get to where God has called us. Did you know? I don't want to shock you. I don't want to scare you. But did you know that we're not where God's called us to be? We're journeying. We're moving right now. And we need God to raise up leaders all over this place to help us get where we're going. And brace yourself. That leader might be you. Boy, that was dead quiet. (laughs) I, what I think it happened is everybody turned to their neighbor and said, that leader might be you. So I want to ask you this morning, are you a man or a woman of character and skill? Both are important. Do you love Northridge Life Church? But if you're honest, you see ways that you could help it to become more excellent, more Christ-exalting. Are you committed to the gospel? And, and that you don't want us as a church to have any hindrances in the promotion of that gospel, the pro- proclamation of that gospel. If so, if all that's true of you, then God might be calling you to a similar deacon ministry. But that kind of thing has to start somewhere. And today, it starts with just in time. So I want to ask Paul and David to come to the platform. Um, if you guys would go ahead and come on. Um... It's great, with great joy, that I and Pastor David and and Paul Landers, that that together with you as the body of Christ, that we welcome Justin Kime as the first lead deacon of Northridge Life Church. And I'm going to ask him and Landy to come, if you guys would welcome them and uh, let them come forward. (laughs) Grab that mic. Oh, you got Okay. Yeah. We're so happy to have them. Landy changed her mind. (laughs) She said, I had no idea it was going to involve all this. So, yeah, come on up. Uh We're going to begin um, by just handing the mic over to Justin and Landy if she wants to and just kind of let... uh, him share some of his thoughts come on up here justin and share some of his thoughts about what's where he's at right now
1: oh man come on landy wow um thank you thank you for the kind words i'm overwhelmed and gracious and so thank you um i you know mark asked me earlier this week if i wanted or he let me know, asked if this was a good day and so that I could have family here. And as you can see, my family is here. Y'all are here. Y'all are my family. So, um, that's kind of the approach I'd like to take with this whole deacon ministry is kind of take the mindset that, you know, in, in a, in a real household, you know, different members of the family have strengths and, uh, strong points and different things and as Mark pointed out we've seen those and people here and so um, let me back up just a little bit so you know I don't go around to church different churches starting deacon ministries and so <laughs> I'm not I don't have all the answers I don't have it all figured out but I do know that I have Jesus on my side and with him I'm going to figure this thing Amen. out. And so, Thank you. And so I just ask that um, y'all take that same reflection and your strong points and the things that you're really good at and ask the Lord if uh, you feel that he's calling you to uh, provide those things and your strengths and to benefit our church family. And so that's, again, that's kind of the approach I'm taking and, so I just thank you for all of y'all, everything you already do, and I'm sure we'll, we'll be in touch.
0: <laughs> do you have anything, Landon? Um,
1: I think I just want to agree with Justin in the way that we view our church family as true family. I look out here and I see brothers and sisters, and so I would, really hope that y'all view us the same way. We want to let you know that our time and home um, are open for all of you to come and approach us. If you have desires within your heart, thoughts, you know, we just please come and talk to us about that. And um, like Justin said, reflect and think about your own strengths and if you wonder about how those could be used within our church we'd love to put the pieces of this puzzle together
0: amen hand that back to dave i'm just gonna say a few words that similar to what we did with the elders over justin and uh, because we we take this very very seriously if you can't tell this is a a very important moment in the life of our church. So if you guys would lay hands on Justin. Justin, having been examined by this church and its elders, and having met the qualifications for deacon ministry laid out in the Holy Scriptures in Acts 6 and First Timothy 3, and having together with this body sensed your calling to lead as a model of servanthood in our church as the Holy Spirit empowers and guides, coupled with your own desire to do so, we solemnly place our hands upon you, setting you apart for the ministry of a deacon at Northridge Life Church for Jesus Christ. And we bless you with the words of the Apostle Paul to Timothy. For those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Jesus Christ. We pray over you that your standing in this body would increase along with your confidence in your well-grounded faith in Christ Jesus. Go
2: ahead, Dave. Father, today is—it's just—it's such a joyful day. Yes. Um, uh, Justin and Landy have been such um, dear friends; have been a brother and sister to me and to so many of us for so many years. They have served um, so faithfully in this church. And all of its ups and downs for so many years yes, and God. what a joy to get to recognize them this morning and honor them um, and ordain them into this this ministry that you have clearly called them to lord, yes, lord. as i was as I was praying this week um, for justin lord i just i just felt impressed to pray that you would um that you would make justin like joseph in genesis mm-hmm. um father that just as you um, just as you raised Joseph up and you protected him from evil, um, and you elevated him and you gave him um, you gave him wisdom to to oversee um, Father, I pray in the same way um, that your protection um, would be over Justin and Landy over their family um, in the days and years to come as they serve you lord that uh, we just we trust and believe that. That anything that that the enemy would intend for evil against them, Lord, that you will always be working for their good um, you, and use all circumstances for their good, Lord. I know that you have you have already done that in your life, and we trust that you will continue to do that, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Um, pray also that you would fill um, fill Justin. Um, with wisdom that are beyond uh, that is beyond his years, um, that you would um, that you would give him insight in helping to lead this church, the people in this church, Lord, um, that you would um, help him to see and identify uh, people with potential to serve your body lord and and most of all that he would just act as a as a great example for all of us. Um, like he 's been doing already, what it looks like to serve the body of Christ you, and to honor Jesus his Lord, um, I pray, Lord, just um, for your for your wisdom and your holy spirit to be upon him God, um, you, and Lord, we recognize that um, this is this is not something he 's doing by himself, but this is a team effort for for he and Landy that they 'll be doing together, Lord, and so I just pray for the pair of them, Lord, that um, just just as Stephen was in Acts chapter 6, that they would be uh, full of faith, yes, full Lord. of the Holy Spirit, full of grace and power, and full of wisdom, Lord, so that the gospel would just exude out from them um, wherever they go, whatever they're doing. Um, and, Lord, I just pray um, most of all um, that you would be honored, that you would be glorified, and exalted and praised in their lives um, as they love and s- and serve the body, Lord. And in Jesus, Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen.
3: Father, we're so grateful uh, for the body of Christ. Uh, Lord, you have uh, created it and instituted it, made us a part of it. And um, we thank you that you have not left us as orphans, left us to our own devices to just try to figure things out and uh, do the best we can, but you've given us in your most holy word um, the clear instruction, your commands and uh, your direction and uh, we thank you for the clarity of your word and what it means to be a deacon and, and what Here's the office God. means and what the responsibilities are and the blessings thereof and um, Lord, we are confident. Uh, that Justin has not taken this honor upon himself but it is your call upon his life which he has in obedience answered and therefore father we ask humbly and in confidence lord that you will be the one because it is your call on his life to provide all that he needs for this role we pray father that you would grant him the strength that he needs the wisdom that he needs the understanding, the patience, and every other thing that is required, that you will provide it, and that uh, he and Landy will lean wholly upon you, and upon your word and your spirit to provide all that they yes, need. God. And we ask you, Father, that you would bless Northridge Life in and through Justin and Landy, and all the others that you would call to the office of deacon. Yes, Above all, we pray that it would be wholly for the glory of your Son, Jesus Christ, in his kingdom. Amen.
0: Lord, I just pray um, that your Spirit would come in fullness on Justin and Landy, Lord, and, God, that you would confirm their ministry through signs and wonders, Lord, that you would, just like you did with Stephen, Lord, I pray that you would just raise them up to be not just administrative servants to this body, but through their administrative service, I pray that they would be proclaimers of your everlasting gospel and that many people, God, who they come in contact with would have their lives radically transformed by the message of Jesus Christ, Lord God. God, I pray that that this would be a new season of your word being deeply implanted and firmly rooted in them, Lord God, that they would speak with the authority that you are now anointing them with, Lord God, but that in that authority they would never point to themselves but only to the Christ who has commissioned them, Lord God. I thank you for all of this, Lord God. I thank you for the gift. The Bible says that leadership is a gift to the church. I thank you for this gift to Northridge Life Church. And, Lord, I pray that we would be good stewards of the gift that you have given us in Justin and Landy. We ask all of this in your name. Amen. 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 Can you give them one more hand? We have a little certificate here for you to kind of commemorate this day. And um, thank you for that. Um, we are going to uh, uh, ask you guys, you didn't know this, but we're going to ask them to just kind of be out in the foyer after service so that you guys can can congratulate them and, and, um, and speak with them and share with them uh, your excitement about this new call on their lives. Okay? Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, elders. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So if you would... If you would stand with me, let us let me read a benediction over you. And so if you would, you know the drill, put your hands in the receiving position. Uh, we are taking the word of God with us. That's why I have you do that. And so this is what the word of God says about what we just did today. Now you are the body of Christ and individually you are members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then listen to this, then gifts of helping or healing and helping and administrating, and various kinds of tongues. And so my prayer is that may God continue to appoint all of these in his church, even among such as us, in Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed.